Hey guys, it's Kiki, and I'm here to review Season 5, Episode 5 of Own's Ready to Love. This episode is entitled Sink or Swim. Alright, first things first, I have a church announcement. Liz from last season did go on Instagram and confirm that she and Jason have broken up i know tragic terrible she confirmed it on her instagram um it's kind of lengthy so i'm not gonna read it but if you guys did want to check it out her instagram handle is liz rachelle l-i-z-r-a-c-h-e-l-l-e um i'll just read the first couple of lines she says i want to thank everyone for all of your love and support during and after my ready to love journey it has definitely been a roller coaster ride that i do not regret i've been silent for quite some time focusing on the process of transitioning from my disappointment to my destiny i'm in a season of reflecting refreshing and restoration blah 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 like i said i'm not going to read the whole thing but yeah confirming what we all kind of knew i don't know why jason was dragging his feet on confirming that um so what's going on tommy there aren't any really couples that are still together um except for that one couple from season one when i wasn't watching y'all know who it is the streets are saying chris and amber are together but i i don't believe it and i've been on both of their igs and i don't think that's a fact uh so that's all the church announcements i have now let's get into the question i asked last week for my spotify listeners i asked was carrie wrong to text tyrone if you guys remember carrie who got eliminated last week texted tyrone past midnight to ask him what his intentions were how his date was asked him directly if he was still interested after she learned that he had gone out on a date with i believe shiloh that became a huge bone of contention for him caused him to miscommunicate and do all these other shenanigans but in the end carrie did get eliminated so i thought to ask the question i got one answer from a listener on spotify thank you so much amber and i'm gonna read it she said let me pull the whole thing up she said i believe actions speak louder than words and this is a dating show it's still early she also said she didn't have time to meet the other guys but it could be because she was too focused on tyrone first of all amber thank you so much for answering the question and i agree um if carrie had actually taken the time to make more connections which is going to be a huge issue in the episode i'm about to review i think she would not have been eliminated but at the same time uh texting someone how their date was i i feel like that's a little out of line and that's a little it's making you look a little thirsty carrie i understand what amber is saying that it's a dating show but you know i think we could all exercise the art of subtlety all right just holding back just not overthinking and i know it's so hard to do and you don't want to be embarrassed on this show especially when you kind of like somebody but yeah um i think especially for tyrone carrie should not have texted him all right so thank you for answering that question amber make sure you guys remember that i will be asking a question at the end of the episode for spotify listeners only i'm still thinking about what the question will be but let me just tell y'all this episode a lot of shenanigans going on and i already feel like i have a rant in my system and on my spirit so I'm gonna do my best not to yell. We just gonna get into it. 
All right, so we start the episode off with the ladies meeting in Tommy's Tabernacle. It's ladies week, so everybody's kind of amped and excited to get in there. Tasia says that she feels different this week. She feels like a lot of people are still left in limbo and that everybody just needs to reel it in and pick. Now, granted, this is season five, episode five. Okay, Uh, fifth episode, kind of like the fifth week, so... I would assume filming has been going on for about a month at this point, at least two or three weeks. I feel what she's saying. I think that people need to get a better connection. But as far as picking one, no, no, we're still getting to know people to see. I still I'm going to need you to open up. I'm going to need you to give a little personality. I'm going to need you to give something. Okay. Uh, Tommy meets up with the ladies and he lets them know that this is a week to reset as well. He is going to reset everything with everyone by throwing a pool party. So he wants all the ladies to make sure that they get their personal one-on-one time with the people that they're actually interested in and that they mingle a little bit. I'm here for this. I'm also noting a little bit of a production note. I don't have any tea on this, but I just feel like production producers were kind of feeling like this group just doesn't have it and I think that's why they decided to bring in the two extra people especially this week like I would assume there wasn't a lot of drama there wasn't a lot of juice or meat and potatoes going on with this cast so they were like all right let's reset you know as opposed to setting down or stopping production let's reset and let's bring two new people in that's the vibes I'm getting because up until this point I'm not really seeing memorable you know connections it's it's the energy is very very low and I still think it's because the men were horribly cast this season but I'm here for the reset I I would want to consider this the first episode of the season but unfortunately we can't you know the only person being somewhat interesting is Corey with his goddamn shenanigans so let's go into this pool party let's reset and let's Let's just do a better job because, you know, across the board from all the other reviewers that I listen to, nobody's really feeling this season. Nobody's really feeling this cast. I still think it's kind of early, but I, I, I'm i here for the refresh. I'm here for the reset. Let's press that button and let's go. All right. So we arrive at the pool party. Everyone's starting to trickle in one by one. Everybody's good. The hair and makeup is on point. The black people are moisturized, not ashiness in sight. All right. Naeem. He got his shirt open. He, I was like, Naeem got abs? Abs? Okay. I just have written down in my notes, everyone looks good. <laughs> G-O-O-D-T. Uh, we see Corey and Courtney. He's talking to her and he's telling us in his confessional that he wants to do something romantic. Uh, he said that initially he was feeling mean, but he also likes Courtney at the same time. Today at the pool party, he's going to do a romantic gesture for Courtney. And the next time he's with Moomin, he will do the same or something romantic for her. Moving on. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> We see Camille and Cornelius there in a little, you know, off to a little cabana, like a little pool seat by themselves, watching everybody else sequestered from the other people. I'm already giving the side. I like, yeah, spend one-on-one time with each other, but get out there and mingle. They're actually kind of low-key matching, but Camille says that after the roller rink date where he was with um, Courtney, the double date with Courtney and Cornelius, I'm sorry, Courtney and Corey, all these... that she and Cornelius had a discussion about boundaries and respect. So 
I don't know, you guys. I know we want to make Camille out to be a villain, and she is going to be doing a little too much this episode, but Cornelius still seems to be going right along with it. Like, you can't lead a horse to water unless he want to drink. Mm. We see Courtney. All right, she is going around. And this was so, like, scripted to me. This was low-key annoying. She's like, have you guys seen... Let me get my lines right. Have you guys been seeing that this... There are love notes being left by my phone and being left by where I left. Courtney, stop it. You know Corey's corny ass is leaving. Who else would be leaving you love notes, honey? But um, she's finding the love notes and she's asking Walter, well, who do you think is leaving it for me? And he's like, Walter just does not have the time for these shenanigans. He's just like, girl, it's it's Corey. I I think it's Corey. Um, Courtney is just like, oh, I think it's cute. It's sweet. You know, she's a true romantic at heart. So she's eating it up. And I'm like, okay, I I guess that could be seen as cute. All right. Next, we see Tyrone and Shiloh. They're speaking in the pool. And Shiloh says that after the mixer, when she and Tyrone exchange phone numbers, they've been spending a lot of time talking on the phone. I think she said that in like one of the first ladies tabernacle and Shiloh, I'm sorry, and Tyrone has been open about saying that he really likes Shiloh. He tells her that at first he likes Sabrina and that Sabrina could be his lady, but that Shiloh, you know, he said that she could be his wife. I had the same reaction as Shiloh, excuse me. (laughs) Tyrone, we we only been here for like what? This is week three or week four, sir. Huh? <sighs> Tyrone, 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 Tyrone. I'm gonna need you to slow down, bruh. Uh, so Shiloh's Shiloh's obviously taking it back, and she's just like, listen, I appreciate you saying that. She says she likes. It felt good to hear a man say that, and it feels good to be chosen. It always feels good to be chosen, always. I appreciate the transparency about that, Shiloh. But she says that it's too soon for her to say something like that about Tyrone and that she wants to stay faithful to her own process. All right. Thumbs up to Shiloh. She is one of the people here realizing that this is still a dating show. This is still a dating process slash experiment. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. I want to date other people. And we see this season after season after season. As soon as people get on here and it's episode three or four and they're like, this is my number one. This is my person. It backfires on them. We've had Chris, KG Chris from last season. We had Denise. We had Winter with Jay and how she had to settle for it never ends well. So I appreciate and I'm going to look out for the people, even Corey's dusty ass, (laughs) Who are expanding their options. Stop. Y'all are older. Y'all are a lot older. So y'all should know. Stop putting one egg in your romantic basket. It never works out. And it's not logical. It's not realistic. So Tommy comes out. Um, What the hell was Tommy wearing y'all? <laughs> Nephew Tommy. What, who, who put you in that. Um, that yoga. That, that serenity now pantsuit slash linens huh (laughs) looking like a cult leader tommy comes out he says hello but he says every he hopes that everyone is having a great time but that it is time for a curveball he he warned y'all about curveballs i'm like okay tommy bring it back um he says that you know they are here to test relationships and that relationship should be a test of time and a test of temptation so he is going to introduce two new singles right now 
at the pool party. Everybody's taken aback. The ladies are already like, huh? Aisha's excited. She's like, yeah, let's see how strong these connections are. <laughs> and I agree. Let, let's see. Let's see, Camille. Um, Winter says that she doesn't know what the hell is going on. It's like she's struggling now trying to make connections with everyone. So to throw two new people, she is thrown off her game and she is very confused. So without further ado, it's time to meet the sexy new singles. Emphasis on sexy. So the first new single to come out is Sydney. Kind of cute. Not even kind of. That's on a shady. Very cute, actually. Very beautiful. Just wearing a little bit too much makeup, sis face and the neck got a match but sydney is gorgeous uh curly hair very petite light brown skin just beautiful all together um looks a little exotic i i have to say and sydney i think your lashes are too big because i noticed when you came out i thought it was the sun in your eyes but later on as the episode progressed your lashes are too big i need you to open your eyes honey. i don't trust people who don't open their eyes <laughs> but sydney is adorable she comes out in this asymmetrical uh, bathing suit which has like specific cutout you know the hip out a little bit of the booty meat is out the men are obviously impressed the ladies though to see is making faces camille is making faces uh i think it was mumin who said oh i have that exact same outfit uh zadia is making faces like every i did not like the way that the women reacted to her off the bat i was like come on y'all do better don't 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 y'all <sighs> This is not mean girls. Like, if you are confident in yourself and what you bring to this process for the other man, you don't ever have to insult or just act stank towards another woman coming into this situation. So I wasn't here, and I like most of the women on this cast, but I wasn't here for the reaction in the stank faces. Uh, Sydney is 33. She's an entrepreneur. She says that she is not a trophy wife despite how pretty she is she says she's looking for a man to see her interior and not her exterior okay sydney i'm here for it i'm here for it the next single to come out is sean all right sean looking like Candyman in the face the original Candyman, not not the new one with yaya my bae um <laughs> sean is 44 but he's chocolate he got some nice uh, he's fit he's fit i like that sean is 44 he says that he's a journalist, a writer, an entrepreneur. What did he say? He was a Sean, Sean entrepreneur. And I was like, mm -mm. basically, Sean said that he's here because he doesn't want to be the old man in the club and that he would like a soulmate. All right. I, I appreciate you saying you want a soulmate straight out the gate. So uh, Tommy once again reiterates that it's the ladies week to choose. He says, well, first he tells the new singles, Sydney and Sean don't hesitate to shoot your shot and i'm just like yes get in there y'all already what three or four mm, three or four weeks behind get in there and shoot your damn shot and don't fucking hold back he actually tells the fellas since the women have the power this week fellas don't y'all hold back either because the power is in their hands phil is feeling some type of way because now that it's the men's week he feels like he has to compete phil i hate when they say this now i gotta step up my game now i gotta compete if you're doing what you have to do consistently that should not be a problem okay moving on <laughs> phil also says that he has nothing against sean but sean doesn't need to be here all right it's already enough for them and i'm just like well get used to it phil the ones who are usually sweating the new people they are the ones on the chopping block in my opinion next we see the new guy sean new girl sydney 
uh, sitting with Zaya and Camille. Sydney and Sean are having a conversation. You know, they're kind of vibing. She's just getting to know him, asking what brought you here? When was your last relationship? Camille, look, look. <laughs> Camille looks annoyed. She and Zadia try to leave because they want to give them the opportunity to have a private conversation. And Sean's like, no, let's, this is a group chat. You know, we're all getting to know each other. Um, Zadia is picking up that Sean seems really into Sydney. And I don't like this side of Zadia. She's like, well, why am I even sitting here if you're only talking to her? Y'all, they, they literally just got dropped off into this process. Can they not ask each other two questions? Sheesh. <laughs> Camille, um, she makes a comment uh, trying to push Sydney and Sean together. And he's like, well, what if I want to get to know you? And she's like, oh, no, I already have my boo. Um, like, I already know what I want. I'm not going to sit here and waste, you know, anybody's time. And Sean's well like, well, who's your person? And she's like, well, you'll find out. You'll see. Camille, once again, this episode, you're sounding hella delusional. And like Sean said, that was kind of rude. Like, you're just getting to meet someone. You don't have to be rude and be like, oh, well, don't even talk to me. And I'm not going to get to know you because I already have my number one. Y'all are supposed to be grown-ups. Why y'all acting so goddamn childish? Next, we see Aisha talking with, I think, Tasia. And she's just like, she's still hyped that there's two new people here. And that she likes the change because it's going to shake the table with everyone's connection and see if it's really strong and you know test everybody's so-called strong connections we see sydney the new girl speaking with frank y'all know frank who was shaking his damn shake 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 shaking his soul out last week <laughs> they uh reveal that they already know each other because they have mutual friends and they are in the same kind of nightlife they know each other from nightlife so i'm picking up on a little vibe frank is happy y'all we see all of frank's tea he's smiling like he cornelius um <laughs> he and Sydney do chairs they do a shot they're happy that they finally get to meet each other I guess you know officially meet each other as opposed to just seeing each other around so I don't know Aisha I know you were saying that you were happy and that it was gonna test everything but Frank I don't know I don't know next we see Sabrina talking with Tyrone in the pool she says that She's really excited because she's gotten a great chance to get to know Tyrone a little bit better. He says that, you know, I, I, I just said that, you know, Sh I feel like this scene was shot before he told Shiloh what he said because it, it sounded out of order. But he's like, you know, when it comes to Shiloh, I really think that, you know, she could be my wife. Sabrina is gagged. Okay, she is gooped. <laughs> she is shook it. Sabrina's like, huh? Sabrina says that, um... She's shocked because she thought she and Tyrone were on a good pace. Even though she still likes Walter, you know, this is a show where they're dating around. So, you know, Tyrone was one of the people she thought she could get to know better. But she is trying to tell Tyrone, you know, if it's this early and you're saying that, you need to know what Shiloh thinks. You can't just say, oh, I want her to be my wife or I could see her being my wife. That's a big, heavy statement. And Sabrina is taking the time to warn Tyrone that, he needs to not put all his eggs in one basket. And I 1001% agree. I appreciate Sabrina voicing that out loud and not being messy about it, but just giving Tyrone. And I feel like everyone is kind of handling Tyrone with kid gloves the way he needs to be because he's been open about the PTSD and the anxiety and just being like, bro, you, you probably need to double check that. Like, uh, that's a big statement. And you need to see if Shiloh feels the same way, period. So we see Mumin and Corey in the pool. They're hugged up kind of close. Mumin says that Corey is sweet when he wants to be. 
uh, but that she kind of likes them. So we have some meaningless banter between them. Then we see Sydney, the new girl, talking to Cornelius, and I'm just like, child, let me, let me, let me take a swig of my drink. <laughs> She's asking him like, how's it been? She's so hilarious when she talks. She's so bubbly. He's like intense. <laughs> She's like, have you been in the bottom? Corey. I mean, sorry, Cornelius. Um, I don't well, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know because it's late. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't know. We see Camille walk past them in the background, and I just got flashbacks to Denise throughout that whole Califani and Adriana. You know what? Now that I say it, Sydney reminds me of Adriana. <laughs> it's the exact same vibes. Um, Camille walks past them. Cornelius is like, oh, Lord, here we go. You know, he feels like he has a target on his back because Camille has a problem when he speaks to other women. (sighs) Camille is in a corner with Walter and Mumin freaking out because she says she sees her boyfriend. Boyfriend? Camille, Camille, please, please. And she's serious. She's not joking. She's like, she's bothered because she sees Sydney hugged up with her boyfriend. She feels like she wants to address Sydney. And Mumina's like, what what are we what are you doing? Why are you doing that right now? Maybe you don't need to do that. And Mumina's right. And Camille's like, why? Is it because my energy is a little off? And she's like, Well, yeah, and because it's it's not necessary. Mumina, her confessional, is just like Camille is doing a lot um, and that she is sincerely going to pray for Cornelius. So next we see Cornelius and Camille linking back up and um, Sis is just not happy with him. Not a country bumpkin, y'all. I busted out laughing the first time I watched that. I was like, oh my God, you're making yourself look crazy. Then Camille turns on the waterworks. She says that she's hurt, she's embarrassed, she's confused. And Cornelius, child, he's rubbing her back trying to make her feel better. And I, I, I cannot. Camille, I need you to leave the premises immediately. All right? Not on my watch. <laughs> Camille is obviously overreacting and being very possessive. You are a grown woman, all right? He's talked to that girl for maybe two seconds. She is new here. She's getting to know him. He can't even talk to her. Now, maybe I'd be on Camille's side if he was, like, being physical with her, like the way he is with Courtney, like, touching her leg or, you know, they were close up or whispering or... None of that, you guys. None of that. Two people sitting at a table having a discussion. Camille, honey, how have you been proposed to so many times? Like, I am disgusted with this behavior. <laughs> Cornelius, just like Mumin said, I, I am 
I, what did Mumin say? I am seriously going to pray for you. Really. After that scene, we get <laughs> to the next segment. There's going to be an after party downstairs, I guess, in the basement of where the pool party is. Um, Camille and Frank are coming down the stairs, and I'm just like, now hold up, Camille. You were all down Cornelius's throat for talking to Sydney, but you and Frank, Frank has his arm wrapped around her. And his hand is like right above her lower back. And I'm just like, mm. but you can sniggle and giggle with Frank, but Cornelius can't talk to other people. Okay. We see Tasia with Phil. She's fixing him a plate. And Phil is just remarking on, you know, how it's the men's week to go home. He has to step his game up. Again, he is just being a performative <laughs> person in this moment just so he won't go home. And I feel like Tasia is doing the same. Even though I wanted her to branch out and bring more of her personality, I didn't mean go and fix a nigga's fruit plate for him. I, I just meant open up more about yourself outside of your business. Like... Tasia, you you on my list, girl. Next, we see Aisha speaking with Sean. Um, she's just telling him about her past and how she loves being a wife, how she loves being a mother. Even though her marriage ended, it wasn't a failure on her part. It was just the end of their, her ex-husband and her journey. Uh, Sean is remarking how she's smiling as she talks through her pain. And I'm just like, yes, because she's healed through that. When you can talk about the trauma and the pain you've gone through with a smile on your face, you know what that is? growth <laughs> no but honestly he sees that Aisha has a beautiful spirit about her and I agree we get Frank watching them from the side honey Frank talking about you know he doesn't really do competition he's not a fan of competition and he needs to know if Aisha is really feeling him or if this is a part of the game now Frank you almost mix and mingle with everyone not only did you mix and mingle with Camille coming down the stairs honey you was mixing and mingling with Sydney and taking shots talking about you were so glad they got to properly meet why can't Aisha do the same thing why and yes she is playing the game that's what you're supposed to do honey that's what you're supposed to get out here mix and mingle these men become so their ego gets so bruised when the idea of competition comes into it but when it's women fighting over them and being possessive oh it's flattering and they like it frank don't do that don't do that we see Corey and courtney talking sitting on a couch together he says that he came to the party early and made a special effort to leave her love notes courtney is impressed <sighs> she says that it's a turn on for her when a man does extra stuff outside of his comfort zone for her Okay. <laughs> Mumin is over there eating a chicken wrap and look really good. She says that she is confused by the way Corey moves. She feels like he can treat you like you're special, say certain things to you, and then turn around and say those same exact things to other women. Now, right here, I'm just like, Mumin, one, you need to let Corey go. Two, aside from the fact that he says the same thing to other women, Corey's doing what we're supposed to be doing in this process. I, I don't know how many times I have to say that. He He's mingling, honey. I don't really know why these women expect these men to just only talk to them and no one else. But <sighs> 
we're going to put a pin in that, all right? We're going to put a huge pin on that because we will be discussing that more throughout this review. Uh, then the party ends with everybody just dancing. We get a dance scene. I'm just like, production must have watched Love Island USA and Love Island International because you guys know when, you know, on Love Island, they can't go anywhere. They're just at the at the villa. Every night they get dressed up to do what? drink and dance and they always have the little dance montage so i was like all right i, I see y'all doing a little something different it's reminding me it's giving love island but i do appreciate it but we see everybody dancing and having fun and the night is over with on to the next day so we see Mumin meet up with Corey. She says that after the pool party yesterday tosia called her and told her that Corey left courtney love notes around the pool party location <sighs> to see you see this is what i'm talking about to see you you need to be worried <laughs> you need to be worried about yourself and your connections don't worry about what corny Corey has going on with his messiness like this is why i don't like that they're not at a resort and that they're out in the real world because they having conversations and they talk i don't like that i don't like that especially from to see you and i'm wondering if Tasia was bothered by the fact that Corey didn't leave her love notes because she and Corey were going to go out on a date when he was about to be eliminated like what two weeks ago so I'm thinking Tasia was being petty and I feel like Tasia still has this grudge against the guys for her being up for elimination at the first episode mixer with her and Libba. Tasia you're being messy. Mumin, back to you, sis. Uh, she says that she heard about the love notes and she wants to know why she didn't get any love notes. Mumin, that, mm-mm, that should not be your concern. Like, I even tweeted, I was like, y'all about to make me defend Corey and I feel sick about it. But then later, Corey does Corey and I had to delete the tweet. <laughs> so I didn't even have to defend him. Thank you, Corey. Um, so she sits down with Corey. He starts complimenting her. She's like, before we even get into that, were you leaving love notes around at the pool party yesterday? Corey, did you see me leave love notes? She's like, uh, uh, he's like, did you see me? And she's like, that's not an answer. And he's like, well, did you see me? She says, no, I did not see you. I heard from several people. Point one for Corey. You didn't see him leave the notes. How do you know he left the notes? <laughs> see, I'm going to play devil's advocate because like Ashley says, when you play devil's advocate, you're advocating for the devil. He gives her the non-answer and Corey even says in his confessional, he knows that he's deflecting very hard. It's just that he was thrown off and he was not prepared for this conversation. Mumin is getting annoyed because he's not answering her questions. And she's like, why don't you just answer questions directly? Like, speak to me directly. What's up with that? And Mumin takes a moment in her confessional to clarify that it's not about him having connections with other women. It's about her wanting to correctly prioritize him so that she does not waste her time she wants to know if he has second thoughts about her mumin you're doing a great talk and i still think you're stunning as hell but i have to call bullshit if we are here to mingle what does it matter really at this point you guys stick with me because i know y'all gonna be like kiki what are you talking about Corey's a creep i know but at this point him leaving Corey, I'm sorry, Corey leaving Courtney love notes has nothing to do with Mumin. I mean, he's, yes, it's a little extreme and a little corny, but he is putting in the work with her because he likes her. And I don't really see the problem with that. I understand why Mumin would be bothered, but I don't think 
it needed to be this whole meeting of, oh, you left Courtney love notes. Okay, so on that point of the love notes thing, I'm on Corey's side. Now, <laughs> this is where I shift back to Mumin's side. And this is where I shift back to team hashtag Corey is a creep. Corey tries to explain his way out of doing that and saying that Mumin does not need to be worried about what he's doing with other people and with other women. He actually says that he needs her help. She's like, how can I help you? He says, I want you to help me by meeting my parents. I want you to meet my mom and dad. And she's like, well, why, why would you want me to meet your mom and dad when you're it doesn't seem like you're sure about me. He says that their approval will let him gain a better emotional meaning and a deeper emotional connection to why he feels a certain way towards Mumin. So his parents' approval will help him understand his connection with her. Corey, you're full of shit. My parents are never going to... First of all, y'all know, my parents are never going to meet my next partner until it's our wedding day. Second of all, meeting someone's parents, that's a big deal. And that means you are really feeling that person. You are setting a foundation for a stable relationship. Like Mumin said, I'm not going to ask you to do that because I don't let everybody meet my parents. Like that is a serious step. Mumin, I'm going to have to give you one point on that. And one point for the next question you ask him, did you ask other people if they want to meet your parents? Ooh, Lord. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought to ask that question with me. That's why I gave you the one point. Corey starts stumbling and backpedaling and he has the non-answer. And she's just like, you know what? I know how Corey moves and operates at this point and... I have some big decisions to make. Mumin does admit that Corey and all his shenanigans and these actions, it hurt her feelings. So Mumin, you know, baby, I, I hope you want to rediscover that connection you have with Walter because Corey was a colossal waste of time. Again, I don't think Corey did anything wrong by leaving Courtney love notes. I think Tasia is being messy and petty by going back and reporting that information, especially when it had absolutely nothing to do with her. If Corey had left Tasia love notes, then yeah, I, I would perfectly understand why she would feel the need to tell Mumin. But Corey, Mumin, and Courtney had absolutely nothing to do with Tasia. So I'm very disappointed in her. But then again... You know, the bar is in hell at this point for a lot of these grown ass people, these mature singles. What are y'all doing? But Corey, bruh, I was on, I had your back until then, Corey. I had you. But yeah, it looks like Corey and Mumin are a wrap. Mumin says, I, I, I hope, I hope, hope, hope <laughs> you find other connections. So we see Sydney, Dante, Cornelius, and Camille meeting up for a double date. Or really a get-together because she doesn't really know anyone at the Selfie Museum. I'm just like, oh, Courtney, I'm sorry, Cornelius and Camille again. Like, I'm ready to see them on dates with other people. Like, it's getting old at this point. Camille notices that Sydney ran up to hug Cornelius. Yeah, girl, that's, that's, that's what she does. She hugs people. Um, <laughs> Cornelius is walking to this day questioning if he and Camille are moving too fast due to her behavior and outbursts at the pool party. Cornelius, the answer is hell yes. Hello. So Sydney and Dante go off. Um, they're talking. He says that he's really intrigued by her. He starts um, just discussing about where they're both from. She's from, I think she said, South New Jersey. He's from Chicago. I don't hear accents on either side. <laughs> but um, they just start talking about spirituality. Dante still hasn't mentioned them. Three kids. 
And if he not going to mention it, I'm going to mention it every episode. Three kids <laughs> with three different women. <laughs> now I'm like to see I'm being messy. But Sydney says that she left a conversation with Dante feeling that she likes him and she likes that. Uh, he was open about his spirituality and that he saw, I don't know, I guess he spoke about himself deeper than just being a person and stuff on the surface level. I didn't really get that from that conversation, but y'all know, editing. So she likes him. Camille and Cornelius have to address the elephant in the room. She offers up an apology for blowing things out of proportion, for embarrassing him. And although he accepts, he reassures her that she is his strongest connection and that he wants to be sure. He says that to her face. Yet, in the confessional, he says that, you know, he still wants to get the... He hopes that he still gets the opportunity to explore other options with the other woman on the cast and that he feels spiteful that he... Well, if he doesn't get to do that, he, he feels spiteful due to camille's behavior at the pool party cornelius why didn't you say that to her face i feel like okay yeah maybe she would have blown up and started throwing a goddamn you know pin tax camera at your head but the spiteful word is kind of strong to me so i mean if you're not able to make solid connections i don't want you to just blame it on camille you have to blame some of it on yourself too y'all see how these niggas do us he ready to be well it's camille's fault and i'm gonna feel spiteful if i don't get to no one is is camille has a death grip on you sir like you are free are you on a leash my nigga you are free to mingle and go you have to just be assertive and stand up for yourself like stop being a push over cornelius and yet you are still saying just like the ashy ass men who review the show who um explain away Corey's actions they're like well the women are saying they're liking it okay well in the same bone cornelius he says he likes camille and that she's his strongest connection so is she really that awful hmm some food for thought Next, we get a date with Aisha and Sean. They're meeting in a park outside or they're meeting somewhere downtown outside. Sean brings her flowers and Aisha's excited because she says she hasn't received flowers in a very long time. They hug, he kisses her on the cheek and he tells her, you know, these flowers represent something. The red is for passion, the white is for friendship, and the lavender references your zodiac sign. And Aisha's like, ah! (laughs) I was like, okay, Sean, all right. And she's like, well, what's my zodiac sign? And he is like, you know, um, the twins, the twins, Gemini. And she is shocked and surprised that Sean remembers. And he's like, of course, I would, re- I would remember. I like you. Plus one for Sean. Okay, you can never go wrong with flowers for the right occasion. We ain't even gonna go into it. Y'all know how I am. <laughs> Y'all know how I am about flowers. I tried to see, but he had them wrapped up, so I couldn't really see what type of flower it was. Uh, So they sit down and they start to have generally a very good discussion. Aisha was like, I'm 38, you're 44. What does that look like for you realistically? Like, what are you looking for outside or after this process? Are you wanting a baby? Are you wanting a family? Uh, He is like, you know, uh, a child is having a child is important for him because it could be the start of his second life or his second chance. Now he says that he hasn't been married. He doesn't, he's never had children, but that having babies has been like a bone of contention with the women that he's dated in the past. Aisha lets him know that now in the present is her time. She's raised her kids. I believe they're 13 and 15. And she says that um, when she had her kids and when she was married, she was 23, 24. 
you know, while everybody was out there pop dropping it, <laughs> pop locking and dropping it and making that thing work, she was holding down the fort, raising down the kids and being a wife. So now in present day, it's her time. She's trying to get flued out. She's trying to be on the beach. Um, and that's kind of the way she's going. She says that although she likes Sean, she needs to make sure uh, with them both moving forward because it does not make sense for him to be with her if she has the two kids and she's done having babies, she does not want any more children. All right. So they had a very mature conversation about that. Sean really respects the fact that uh, she said up front, listen, I'm not having no more kids. He respects that, but he still feels like he would want to have more children. She then asked him, you know, how do you feel about dating a woman with two kids? Because realistically, I worry about dating a man who's never had a child before and because I already have two two teenagers I kind of worry about you know how a man would feel like are you even wanting to be with me because of the two kids like I even tweeted I said that Aisha is the only one on this cast who asks meaningful questions okay from her healing to her journey to her being hurt and doing the mental work for herself and her kids Aisha is not here to play games and I feel like on this cast where a bunch of people are just having meaningless conversation, Aisha's asking the questions that matter, especially because it's not just her, you know, she got two other people to think about with her children. So I appreciate the fact that Aisha has been very transparent about the trauma she's gone through, um, the pain with the ex-husband and how she wants her kids to be surrounded, not even just by love, but she wants to be loved properly and how she adores the idea of monogamy. Aisha, you get a gold star this episode. I'm just going to make you the MVP because I just truly respect a woman who knows what she wants and says what the hell she means. She's she's not for the games, unlike some of these other people. All right, ladies, it's time to take to the tabernacle. <laughs> Aisha says she's eager for this tabernacle meeting because she wants to know the juice, the meat, the tea. And it's time for the ladies to remove the jokers to find their kings. All right. Hallelujah. Uh, Tommy asked them if the pool party heated up after he left. They're like, yeah. He was like, he could feel all attention. That's why he took his ass home. <laughs> Tommy welcomes Sydney to the tabernacle. Um, and ask her how her first week went. She says that it's been an experience and that she was overwhelmed by so many men coming up to her, but that she's gotten used to it. Yeah, girl, please get used to mingling with a lot of different men on this show, please. Tommy wants to know what's working um, and who is everybody feeling, all right? Y'all, the tabernacle scenes are so hectic to take notes because everybody's talking and everybody says something different and then more than one person is feeling somebody, so... Stay with me, please, okay? <laughs> Shiloh says that she's feeling Phil. He opened up and that he has been vulnerable. She's also feeling Tyrone because they keep continuing to have deep conversations. Sydney feels that she likes Dante. He's definitely her type. And that she also got to know Frank, even though she already knew him. All right? But that they talked on the phone for hours. Mm, all right, Frank. Tasia says that she feels Phil because he's genuine. Tasia, I don't believe you. <laughs> Courtney says that she's feeling corny. I'm sorry. I really did not mean to call him corny. That's how my handwriting looks. Courtney says that she's feeling Corey in Cornelius. And then she takes the time to tell Tommy about Corey leaving her love notes. All right. She's reading off the love notes 
from the pool party and they saying that you're my first crush and you've been my number one since day one. Mumin interjects and she's like, yeah, that's all nice and that's all cute. But, um, you know, Corey said that I was his number one. Ooh. She also said that when she pressed Corey about if he left the notes for Courtney, he said that he didn't leave it. He was feigning innocence. Who? What? Huh? So Courtney's getting mad that Corey denied leaving her those notes. Ooh, child. She starts tearing up the notes and she's like, well, let me ask you a question, Moomin. <laughs> Did uh, Corey ask you to meet his parents? Because he asked me to meet his parents. And I'm just like, oh, God. Now, I was shocked when Court. Now, Corey, I haven't put a lot past you because the bar is literally in hell when it comes to you. But I had no idea you asked Courtney to meet your parents as well. <sighs> These niggas ain't shit. Mumin reveals that Corey did ask her to meet his parents. And Courtney just loses it. She's just like, she's done with Corey. It's a game to him. She actually looks like her feelings are hurt. And I understand, not. Mm, uh, I feel like she just didn't want to look dumb on TV in that she feels like she got played. I think that's really where it came from. But y'all know Courtney is a Leo and y'all, y'all Leos, honey. The, it's the anger for me. <laughs> Tommy's disappointed. Um, He's just like, you know what? This is why we do this process. And he was like, you know, I feel like Tommy was saying men do this all the time, except now you're just able to see it. All right, Tommy got my good eye on you, but he's like, it is what it is. (laughs) I hate when people say it is what it is. I hate it. All right, Tommy asked the ladies, who are you not feeling? Sydney says Cornelius. Camille scrunches her face up. She says that she gets little brother vibes. I agree, Sydney. I agree. Uh, She also says that Corey sounds like a goofball. (laughs) Corey like sounds like a goofball and I mean I don't have time for that so goodbye dismissed thank you Sydney Zadia co-signed she says that Corey just is a ball of confusion and she ready for him to go Camille says Frank um now Camille you and Frank was snuggling and giggling and sniggling and giggling when y'all came down the stairs okay girl um Shiloh and Zadia say that they're not feeling Sean and Tommy notices that Camille keeps scrunching up her face. I get the feeling Tommy doesn't care for Camille. Same, Tommy. Same. And he's like, Camille, what's up with your face? And the other ladies are like, yeah, what's up? And she's just like, when it comes to Sean, and if you guys remember, Sean is the new guy. She didn't like the fact that she asked him what he does. And he says, I create. Remember when he said he's a Seanpreneur? <laughs> she says that it's giving him, you You ain't got no job, Tommy. Vibe. <laughs> Tommy, you ain't got no job, man. (laughs) Also, Martin is streaming on HBO Max. Side note. Um, Aisha says that Sean is a charmer, but when they went on their date, he is in a place of being ready to have children and she's not ready to have children. Now, I usually hate when this is brought up in tabernacle talk, but... Aisha wasn't saying that as a means to eliminate him. She was saying she had no connection with him. Not like last week when I forgot who it was. Was it Dante? Or someone was like, well, Sabrina said she didn't want no more kids, so I'm not feeling her. There's a way to communicate that without it sounding so bitter and cut offish. Uh, Sabrina. Is that who I left off of? Sabrina says that she was feeling Tyrone, but he told her he's only focused on one person. That one person is Shiloh. 
Shiloh says that Tyrone, you know, kind of threw her off by saying, I choose you. She feels that he said that way too fast. Tommy asked if she felt like Tyrone said that genuinely. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. He's very honest. Now, when she said that he was honest, Sabrina, you know, coughed. And I was like, Sabrina, don't do that. Don't don't do that. But uh, she clarified on Twitter and said that she literally was choking on her champagne because they were chugging champagne at the table. So Sabrina, that's kind of a side eye. But um, yeah, Shiloh said that she feels that Frank, I'm sorry, Shiloh feels like Tyrone was genuine in his feelings for her and that he's not the type of person to lie about it. Tasia says she's not feeling Tyrone because there's nothing there. Right back at you, Tasia. Right back at you, sis. Ain't nothing there with you either. Aisha says that she hates to say Tyrone because he's a good guy and that she thought she had a connection with him, but that it turned into a very, like, a tight friendship and that she was encouraging him to go after the women that he wanted. Shiloh and Tommy kind of discuss because she's getting emotional and she's getting teary-eyed because she feels bad, but she still wants to be true to herself and experience this process and not stamp it down with Tyrone because she does not know. And um, I admire her for being honest about that because she very easily could have been like, oh, I've been picked, I've been chose. Nah, bruh. Tommy is like, listen, love is hard. (laughs) No shit, Tommy. He says, love is hard and finding it is difficult. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy, for that. Thank you. Um, But that the ladies have some decisions to make. As always, he tells them to treat the people that they have to take out with respect and let them know how they feel. So let's get to the elimination. So we see Shiloh meet up with Tyrone. He's excited because he thinks it's a date. She's nervous as hell. She says that, you know, she doesn't just want to give him an answer. She wants to give him the answer. All right. She appreciates that he knows what he wants. But the ladies think that he is not ready to love. Of course, he understands. Tyrone says that, you know, it just speaks to Shiloh's great character and that he has no regrets. All right. She remarks that this was a horrible first date because she had to send him home. But I agree with Tyrone going home. I don't think he was ready for this process, not just because of the PTSD or the anxiety. I think he would have been able to move on from that. I just he didn't know how to move and mingle the way he should have. And of course, the communication was not the best. So Tyrone's going home. Let's move on next to Corey and Courtney. All right, Courtney the Stallion. (laughs) Courtney the Leo is meeting up with Corey. Corey says that up until right now, he was feeling like there was no way he would escape elimination. But seeing Courtney sitting there made him feel like he has a chance and that he's not going home. All right. Courtney, Lord, this was a lot. Courtney says that, you know, she thought that she and Corey were building a connection. He's like, yeah, we are. And she's like, no, we're not because you've been giving me mixed signals. Uh, Up until this point, I wasn't really agreeing because everything everything Corey was telling Courtney was true. He was feeling her. He did like her. He did want to get to know her. He did want to take her out. It's just that he was telling other women the same thing. And that's what Courtney says. Like, you've been telling all of us the same things. Like, how many of us are your number ones? He's stumbling. He can't give her an answer, child. How many of us are going to meet your parents? How how many of us do you want to meet your parents? He's stumbling. It's the non-answer. Corey, you've been caught red-handed with your dick out, all right? (laughs) 
Courtney is very pissed off. And she's pissed off, I think, because she did genuinely like Corny Corey. And I think that she was actually going to give him a chance. Courtney, you and Godfron, I know you're going to call him as soon as he goes home. But, you know, she's very, very, I don't want to say aggressive, but she was very direct in telling him, listen, the ladies and I talked. And we also decided that, um... You are not ready to go, okay? Two people are leaving. And I had literally tweeted before um, Corey's segment, right after Tyrone got eliminated, I was like, this better be a double elimination because the hell I was going to raise if Corny Corey got to stay. Yeah, he has no answer. Um, he says, oh, I knew that. I knew that before I came here. He says that now when he said before he came here, he meant the date with Courtney where he's getting eliminated, that he was going home, as you should have known. Uh, he says that he wishes that the woman would have been more patient with him, a little bit understanding, giving him a little bit more time because each of the women that he was interested in, they were going to be queen of the day. He was going to show them special something special. Nigga, please. Um, he also tells Courtney, you know, I wish you would have gone to bat for me and Courtney's like, the fuck? No, no, I would never go to bat for someone who I know would not go to bat for me. I would never do that for someone I know who isn't going to ride for me. And that's on period. Courtney, the stallion Leo, she gets up and she's like, I'm actually over this. And she leaves. Is this the first time that we've seen somebody who isn't getting el the eliminatee, the announcer actually leave the person they're going to eliminate? She gets up and leaves because she's pissed off. And Courtney is sitting there enjoying the last of the free champagne he's going to get on this process. So Corey and Tyrone are both eliminated. I agree. This wasn't the right place or the time for Tyrone. Maybe two more seasons and you may be ready to love. As far as Corey, kick rocks with open-toed shoes, with open-toed sandals. Really, really hard. I'm so glad he's gone. I can't believe it took this long. This was a good episode um, with the addition of the two new people because I was afraid that the new guy, Sean, was going to get eliminated right off the bat. I didn't think that would have been fair. But Tyrone and Corey, I agree. Corey honestly should have been gone from the first episode with the asking the multiple women on the dates. But I guess the producers saw something special in him and thought he was going to change. Now I'm just interested to see how Courtney and Moomin are going to navigate since they were giving all their time to Corny ask Corey. I mean, Courtney has Cornelius on the back burner. I just don't know if Moomin will really move forward with Walter because, you know, Wabrina and Team Salter, that's still a thing. But that was the end of the episode. All right. So let me think of a question to ask uh, for my Spotify listeners only. Okay, let me know. How did you guys feel about Corey leaving love notes for Courtney? Okay, was he wrong in leaving them or was he correct? I still feel like he didn't do anything bad that warranted a complete elimination as far as leaving love notes. Okay, let me clarify. As far as leaving love notes, all the other stuff with the meeting, the parents and all. No, he was out of line for that bra. So my, my question of the week how do you feel about Corey leaving love notes for Courtney? That's the question. I hope you guys answer it. If you answer it, I will read it on next week's review. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys can catch me at K-D-A-S-H-D-I-O-R on Instagram and the Twitter. Ashley has her latest recap up for Insecure. Make sure you're caught up on that. And if any of you guys are readers, avid readers like myself, I finally launched my Instagram for my 
book reading activities. It's a bookstagram. If you guys are interested in following me and seeing what I'm reading, it can be found on Instagram at the at the <laughs> IG handle Brown Sugar Bookworm. All right. Again, it's Brown Sugar. Everything spelled grammatically correct. Bookworm. That's where my page is. If you guys want to see what I'm reading, my recommendations, my reviews, all of that. I already got some posts up for you guys if you're interested. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.